Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Tuesday morning headlines. Georgetown police really need your help this morning finding a man they say attempted to kidnap a nine-year-old girl. Police say yesterday he knocked on an apartment door near Northwest Boulevard. They say that's when the little girl answered and he grabbed her at some point. She was able to get away and he took off running into a nearby wooded area. She's okay, but if you have any information, contact police. University of Texas at Austin President Jay Hartzell will deliver the annual State of the University Address today. And he'll talk about UT's goals, initiatives, opportunities, and progress. It's this afternoon at 3 in the Mulva Auditorium. Austin City Council is meeting today for a work session. They're talking about a few things. One item is the popular pecans, pecan tree at Barton Springs. It's named Flo. The city planned a celebration of life that was supposed to happen last week, but then the city delayed that ceremony. Right now, they're trying to figure out exactly how to get rid of the disease-stricken tree. Got a live view of downtown Austin for you this morning, and meteorologist Sean Kelly is here to join us with a little bit about the temperatures. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's going to get hot. I know we had a <laughs> short break here, yeah. but I mean, it's going to be borderline triple digits here oh, over the next few days. So temperatures here climbing into the upper 90s. We've got more of this heat. I'm tracking already our next cold front, so let's get to it. A lot to talk about. A live look on the Austonian weather camera looking towards downtown. Did you get outside yesterday, and did you feel the nice weather i mean it was beautiful it did get a little bit hot into the afternoon but with the low humidity it felt pretty comfortable especially for a good majority of the day we're starting off right now still dealing with low humidity but that will change over the course of the next 24 to 48 hours. The humidity will be surging back into our area. We're starting off with temperatures here not as cool as yesterday morning into the 70s in Lamp Passes and 78 in Kingsland. Metro temperatures here as well from 75 in Florence down through 68 in Buda, 76 in Taylor. And then out towards our eastern viewing area, 70 degrees and getting 69 in Muldoon. So here's the deal. It does get hot today. We're well above average. Middle 90s, close to the upper 90s for high temperatures. And then it gets even hotter tomorrow. Tomorrow, close to 100 degrees. Look at the stretch of temperatures here into the 90s. But we do have a cold front heading our way that could bring us even a little bit of rain. We'll talk about that coming up. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is requesting a special audit of the legislature's impeachment process after the Senate acquitted Ken Paxton over the weekend. Patrick also asking the state auditor to find out how much the state spent on the impeachment. He wants it to date back to March 1st. That is when the House began looking into Paxton. And KXN's Monica Madden explains what's next. I've been unusually quiet for the last three months. In a blistering post-verdict address Saturday. The speaker and his team rammed through the first impeachment of a statewide official in Texas in over 100 years while paying no attention to the precedent that the House set in every other impeachment before. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick eliminated any questions about his opinions on the impeachment, vowing for a full audit of the public costs. Millions of taxpayer dollars have been wasted on this impeachment. I asked Paxton's legal team Saturday how much they're making. How am I getting paid? By Ken Paxton. We didn't get a dime from the state. According to contracts we obtained, leading prosecutors Rusty Hardin and Dick DeGuerin made $500 an hour. But Patrick wants to know more, asking for the total cost to the state of preparing for and conducting the trial, including costs for investigators, document production, witness travel, food, and more. Senate Democrats say it's a waste of time. We have 
a, a special session coming up and then interim charges after that and then you know eventually uh, a session to come back to so I, I, I think it's a, a waste of time, a waste of resources. As lawmakers are expected to come back to the Capitol as soon as next month for that special session on education. Monica Madden, KXAN News. So this does not include an audit of campaign dollars since that is separate from taxpayer dollars. Worth noting, Lieutenant Governor Patrick accepted $3 million from a conservative pro-Paxton political action committee before the trial. If you are wondering what happens with the initial whistleblower lawsuit and multi-million dollar settlement, that was left up in the air. The actual settlement agreement never got finalized. Remember, the legislature needs to sign off on using state funds to pay for it. That's what sparked the impeachment investigation. As of April, the case remains abated or on hold until a further court order. Rudy Giuliani is being sued by a longtime former lawyer over alleged unpaid bills. Robert Costello and his firm allege in the suit that the former New York City mayor owes them nearly $1.4 million. According to the lawsuit, Costello and the firm represented Giuliani during criminal investigations during the U.S. House January 6th Committee's investigation. The attorneys claim to have been involved with litigation surrounding more than 10 lawsuits filed against Giuliani in various states and federal courts. Giuliani criticized the suit and Costello saying that he is personally hurt by what Bob Costello has done and that their bill is way in excess to anything approaching legal fees. Georgetown ISD leaders approved allowing chaplains to volunteer as school counselors. And chaplains are members of clergy that provide spiritual care in non-religious settings. A new state law paved the way for this. The law allows chaplains to be fully employed as school counselors if approved by the district. There's been some pushback though. More than 100 chaplains sending a letter last month urging school boards across the state to keep chaplains out of public schools. They cited concerns over religious freedom, the separation of church and state, and concerns these programs would take funding away from trained mental health professionals. And as we look in depth on this, there is a huge need for counselors at schools. The American School Counselor Association recommends schools have a student to counselor ratio of 250 to 1. But an agency report from the 2021 to 2022 school year found the average in Texas is 390 to 1. A new bill is aiming to cut some credit card fees. And the latest in the investigation of a missing F-35 fighter jet and when we could hear an update from Capitol Hill. Good morning, everyone. On this Tuesday, September the 19th, a live look outside to give you an idea what your Tuesday is going to look like and what it's shaping up to look like. We have Sean talking about your forecast in just the next few minutes. But first to your news. A bill aiming to cut credit card swipe fees could get a vote in the Senate this week. Visa and MasterCard own about 80% of the U.S. credit card network. The Credit Card Competition Act would make large banks use at least one credit card network outside Visa or MasterCard. Senators Dick Durbin and Roger Marshall say the banks take advantage of their size to make tens of millions on swipe fees each year. Opponents argue it would increase costs and reduce access to credit. Supporters, though, say it would mean savings for customers and businesses. Merchants have no choice but to accept these outrageous fees if they want to have credit cards used by their customers. Americans will have less access to credit. Reward points would be eliminated. 
and safety and soundness of the American payment system would be jeopardized. That's Richard Hunt, who runs the Electronic Payments Coalition, which represents the interests of payment card networks and big banks, calls the bill clear government overreach. Unfolding fight over grading campuses, giving them a letter grade. Why another local district wants to take on the state. Central Texas City that has some of the most affordable groceries in the entire country. Longhorns get ready for Big 12 play and hoping for some improvement in one area of the offense after Saturday night. I've got more on that coming up. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. Longhorns now get set for the Big 12. They open up Big 12 play at Baylor on Saturday night at Waco. Steve Sarkeesian said it's a team that can win in a lot of different ways. Well, that has proven true. On Saturday night, something they had not done so well, run the football was the key because something they have done pretty well, especially in the win at Alabama, throw the football successfully, but it just was not there. Only 21 attempts, only 131 yards in the game passing. I think just every aspect of the passing game needs to improve. You know, it just we felt like we just weren't we weren't as sharp. You think passing game, you think play call, and you think quarterback, and most notably, you, both of us need to be better. Um, but I think everybody else needs to be better as well. And so we all got to take responsibility uh, of that. Uh, and we're going to need our passing game as we know. And so, again, I'm not going to let one game kind of knock me off my rocker on this one. Um, we were really good throwing the ball for two weeks, especially in week two. Um, it wasn't as clean as we wanted to. The lucky part for us, we have a run game that we can lean in on, a defense that can we can count on in special teams. Um, but we'll, we'll get that fixed, and, and we'll go out and, and play much better in the passing game this week. I guess just a, a lack of focus is what it kind of boils down to. And, I need to settle in faster than what, what, what I did in, in the game. And Yeah, Baylor has offensive issues. No Blake Shapin for a third straight game at quarterback, so Sawyer Robertson will get the start. A couple of high school games to keep an eye on this week on KBVO Thursday night. We'll be at the field for Belton and Pflugerville. That's at 7 o'clock. And Friday night, the Battle of the Lakes, Westlake at Lake Travis. Both teams undefeated. You can watch it live at KXAN.com starting at 730. Back to you. In terms of the weather, it's going to feel like we're back in, in week one of football oh, season. <laughs> I know. What happened? You, so <laughs> I'm looking at the, the forecasting models. They're getting hotter and hotter. Yesterday kind of overperformed. We were a degree hotter uh, than forecast. Usually after a big rain, yeah. you would see temperatures a little bit cooler here. But we've been just so dry. There's, yeah. the, the, there's no moisture in the soil. You know, it, it, we've been so, so, so dry. That we rain, so close that to rain that you know, hockey. barely helped us out. And unfortunately, we're, we're paying for it here. <laughs> we're going to be close to 100 degrees tomorrow. Can you believe it? it's going to feel like 100 degrees, despite not maybe quite reaching there. But yeah, yesterday was 96 degrees. Now, I do have to add that yesterday still felt pretty nice. In fact, it actually felt a degree or two cooler than 96 because of the lower humidity that we had. That, however, is changing. Through the next 24 to 48 hours, the humidity goes up, and so do those feels-like temperatures back up into the low 100s. If you're doing any kind of paddle boarding today, getting out 
on the water. I don't blame you here. It is going to be a hot one under a mainly sunny sky. We're into the middle 90s and starting off with quiet conditions. We've got no fog out there. Live lookout in Buda sitting at 74 degrees as you kick off your Tuesday morning. Happy Tuesday everyone here as we head towards the lunchtime hour. I think we're still pretty comfortable here. It's after 2, 3 o'clock that it starts to become a little bit on the hot side. 71 in Bastrop, sitting at 73 in Lano, 75 in San Saba. Good morning to Alan Luling. We're at 73 degrees. Still dealing with some nasty rain up into uh, portions of New England and into Canada. We've got some rain into the plains heading through the uh, Great Lakes area. Some scattered showers out near Oklahoma and into the northern part of the state. For us, though, we are dry and we're quiet and we are sunny today tomorrow and into the day for Thursday. Friday, maybe a spot shower and then maybe a spot shower on Saturday. Then things become a little bit more interesting for the second part of the weekend as we head from Sunday and into Monday of next week. We get a cold front that potentially fully reaches through the area bringing us not only a little bit of rain into the work week next week, but also brings us some cooler temperatures. How much rain could we see? quarter of an inch up to a half an inch. I do have to add though, not all the models agree on this. Some show uh, lesser amounts than that. So still many days away, a lot can change. But for right now, there will be at least a drop in the temperatures that we'll see in the next five to seven days. So 97 degrees for high temperature today. So it's gonna be a hot one. Heading into the day tomorrow, 99 degrees. It's going to be close, 98 on your Thursday, Friday is spot shower, Saturday is spot shower for the first day of fall. It won't feel like it, 99 into Sunday with increasing rain chances, especially heading into early Monday morning. Sean, thank you. All aircrafts remain grounded this morning in South Carolina as the investigation continues into that missing F-35 fighter jet. The pilot ejected over a mishap. He's okay, but the plane is nowhere to be found. Marine Corps leaders say they have found a debris field north of where it went missing. It's about two hours northeast of Joint Base Charleston. Coming up this morning, NBC News has reaction from Capitol Hill on mounting criticism surrounding the military's ability to track vital assets. Late Sunday, a mystery unfolded in South Carolina that captured the attention of the nation. The pilot of an F-35 ejected after what the U.S. military called some sort of a mishap in the air. The pilot landed safely, but the aircraft continued to fly on autopilot and then disappeared. For about the next day, the U.S. military and local authorities searched around Joint Base Charleston and that entire area, focusing, it, focusing in on a couple of lakes just north of the base. Well, late Monday, defense officials told us that they had found a debris field and that they were now investigating the situation. One of the big questions is, how is it that the U.S. military's most advanced fighter jet could simply disappear? Well, one U.S. official tells us it appears that the transponder may have malfunctioned and that may have impacted the U.S. military's ability to locate and communicate with that aircraft after the pilot ejected. Tune in for more details later today on Today. 
We could see more impact on the auto market. The United Auto Workers president saying the union's going to strike at additional U.S. auto plants if progress isn't made by noon on Friday. The strike against the nation's big three car makers is in its fifth day now. Both sides still failing to agree on some new contracts, and the consequences are starting to grow. Right now, there are nearly 13,000 union workers gone from the assembly line. And tonight, Bastrop ISD is going to consider joining a lawsuit against the Texas Education Agency over new rules when it comes to grading schools. Hacy ISD voted to join it last night. It's alongside Del Valley, Pflugerville, and several other districts all across the state. Under these new changes, to get an A, districts need higher graduation rates. They also need higher rates of students considered college, career, or military ready. Last night at the Hayes School Board meeting, members discussed why they joined the lawsuit in the first place. Our kids have worked extremely hard. Our employees have worked extremely hard. We're showing growth across almost every area, and yet the rating that we get is going to reflect that we, when we went backwards instead of forward. Commissioner Mike Morat says the changes make it easier to process. You either save up all your changes and make them at one point, um, uh, uh, or you make small changes year over year over year. Um, and the plus side of saving up your changes is that for you know five or years or so, you've got the ability to do uh, accurate year over year performance comparison. Another thing to keep in mind that the DEA recently announced it was delaying the release of campus grades, but this is happening as the idea of school choice or voucher-like programs are expected to be taken up in the special legislative session. Proposed laws would make it easier for students to switch to a private school through a voucher if their public school campus is failing. Earlier this year, the TEA told us that the state was due for a change in its grading criteria. It's had this current criteria for five years. The agency also said tweaks need to happen due to the impact of the pandemic. Huntsville State Park will continue to keep a swimming area closed, citing some low lake levels. And that is following, remember the encounter that went viral? That alligator versus Girl Scouts at that same lake. Now we showed you last week the video of the gator that was swimming dangerously close to the swimming area. Uh, one of the park rangers took video of the Huntsville um, Lake and sent it to the Facebook page to talk about some of the counters that they've had. We do get some gators that like to show up into our swimming area. So we, uh, you know, like this last time, as soon as we found out, we got people out there. We got the swimming area cleared out. Uh, at the beginning of the summer, there were people that ended up on our platform, and we got a boat out there and cleared them as well. With the heat and the drought we have going on uh, through the summer, our lake level has gone down quite a bit. When we lose uh, lake level there, we lose uh, habitat for them, uh, and they become a little more active. Yeah, they maintain that they've closed the swimming area until things can get back to normal. Noting the park rangers have a responsibility not only to protect people, but the animals and the environment around it. Some people in Austin got out on the water to make Lady Bird Lake a little bit cleaner. Keep Austin Beautiful and the Austin Rowing Club held a cleanup. Volunteer Aubrey Rudder says they pulled out more than 45 garbage bags worth of trash. We find so much stuff from this lake, from clothes to needles to ping pong balls sometimes. It amazes me some of the stuff that we pull out of this lake. Keep Austin Beautiful's next major lake cleanup is October 21st and that is on a Saturday. Okay, look at this. Several attractions are going to be back open this morning at Disney's Magic Kingdom in Orlando after a wild black bear 
got into part of the park. Disney shutting down Frontierland and some areas nearby while it was loose. This aerial footage showing several representatives from Florida Fish and Wildlife carrying the bear out of the woods in that white tarp. Park officials said that it was seen in a tree and was probably moving around the park searching for food. Officials say the animal is an adult female and will be relocated to an area in or near the National Forest. For those listening in on the KXAN Today podcast, we're happy to have you. Here's what else we're tracking in the 5 a.m. hour of KXAN Today. You can help a local family that is in need after their tire business went up in flames. Thanks for joining KXAN News Today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.